You're listening to Look at My Records. This is episode 151. For this episode of the podcast, I chatted with Will Marsh of the Richmond, Virginia-based indie rock outfit Gold Connections. Marsh just released his third EP as Gold Connections. Ammunition, the five-song collection, channels a sound that, simply put, is some straight-up catchy indie rock that'll remind you of some of the genre's very best, like Pavement and Built to Spill. During our interview, we chatted all about Marsh's college years at the College of William & Mary in Virginia, his early collaborations with Will Toledo of Car Seat Headrest, his thought process behind the sequencing of Ammunitions, the EP's coming-of-age themes, and much more. We'll dive into our interview right after the jump. If you're interested in hearing more episodes of Look At My Records, they're available on all streaming platforms. Please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe on your platform of choice. I also encourage you to check out the Look At My Records website, where you can find reviews, playlists, premieres of new music, and a whole lot more. Check it out at lookatmyrecords.com. Here with Will Marsh of Gold Connections. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you doing today? Good. So, Ammunition, your new EP, is out now. Congrats on the release. Thank you. Feels good to have it out. Before we get into Ammunition, though, I'd love to dive into the background of this project a little bit. I know it started while you were a student at uh, College of William & Mary in Virginia, what what's the origin story behind this project? Um, yeah, I was you know I started writing songs when I was pretty young, like maybe twelve or thirteen, and kind of got into recording in high school. I had like, I, you know had a few bands in high school and recorded sort of like a folk EP, and then I went to college and I wanted to start a band and sort of take it in. Uh, more of a rock and roll direction. And yeah, freshman year at William & Mary, which is in Williamsburg, Virginia, um, I was playing open mic nights. Um, and I played at this one sort of like student organized thing. And this band called Bodies was playing as well as I was doing my folk act like with a harmonica and acoustic guitar and just playing my songs. And there's this other band playing and we kind of met and they asked me to join the band as like a guitarist. And yeah, that was, I remember seeing with Bodies, Will, Will Barnes, Will Toledo um, performing Car Seat songs. And I actually remember, I remember uh, watching them perform, I guess the song Bodies. <laughs> That's what the band was called. And yeah, it basically turned in, it was essentially a Car Seat headrest. Um, and it became, we were performing Car Seat songs and doing Car Seat shows. And that you know, that was cool. And I played with them freshman year. And then, um, yeah, I, I, the plan was, and my ambition was always to, to do my own songs and you know, as a songwriter. And yeah, Gold Connections, I formed sophomore year of college, kind of after leaving Car Seat in, in like a, a very amicable way, such that, you know, we are still colleagues <laughs> as cool. musicians. That, yeah, that's awesome. Tell me a little bit about the development of your sound. So when you were recording early before college, what type of 
mediums did you use and stuff like that? I ask oh, because yeah. I feel like I hear a, a big, you know, classic indie rock influence in your sound. Yola Tango, bands like Pavement and stuff like that. So I'm curious, did, were you recording to tape? Were you experimenting with four track or anything like that when you were in high school and early college? Well, when I was, the first thing I recorded on was a four track recorder. Cool. Which is, that was what, before I even knew how to do anything. Like I kind of learned how to write songs and how to play guitar and how to sing and record. Kind of, it was the same, it was all one process for me. Like that was my first thing I got when I was like 13. Cause I like wanted, I just wanted to record music. That's why I was making music. But later in high school, I actually got into um, Audacity, which is like a lot of fun. Yeah. And you can do a lot with Audacity. So it kind of like, I remember recording stuff on Audacity just sort of on my own and playing it for people. And they'd say like, oh, it sounds like, like Modest Mouse or something like that. And I didn't like listen up. I didn't really like know about Modest Mouse. I mean, I knew like their hits, but I didn't really like get those references. But like when I started listening to bands like Modest Mouse and Pavement, I kind of felt a kinship with them, but it's like, I didn't really listen to them growing up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's totally cool. And I was reading that you were heavily involved with college radio at William and Mary, which I thought was awesome because college radio was also really formative for me. And I know you had said that's where you connected with uh, Will from car seat headrest. So I was curious, did your involvement with college radio help shape your taste in music and kind of introduce you to new sounds and things that you eventually incorporated into your own sound? For sure. Yeah, like before I went to college, you know, I was already in a place where I wanted to join the radio station, like already, you know, I sort of inherited, well, my dad's still alive, but you know, I got his record collection yeah. <laughs> in high school. And so I was already kind of in buying records and you know listen to like uh you know like velvet underground and stuff like that but yeah in college all of a sudden well i had access to like a, a huge collection of cds um which you know i you know just spend time like downloading like tons and tons of cds onto my laptop which would go onto my ipod and yeah like hang hang out with people making friends and radio and getting uh getting into bands like spaceman 3 and yeah just like a whole sort of a deeper dive into i guess the velvet underground tradition of music yeah for sure because i remember that was huge for me and it was cool when i read that you were really involved with college radio and how it kind of is able to expand your horizons just being involved with radio so that's cool yeah and you know like we had a mandatory like when it, your first semester as a dj you had we had an a-list and there were certain albums that you had to play on your show, which I think is cool. I yeah, think that good. is cool. It's good to have a little bit of structure in that in that kind of situation. And um, so, you know, I didn't even if I didn't want to necessarily, I ended up listening to like you know the music that was coming out in you know 2011 through 15. I mean, I I liked real estate, but I wasn't you know I ended up listening to real estate a ton. Yeah, just from my own show that kind of actually entered my music. Like the song Faith in Anyone was, I kind of got into real estate or like listened to their first album with the thing like floating. Yeah, around. yeah. And then I went home. I was listening to that album and then also like Moon and Antarctica by Modest Mouse. And those two albums on like a drive home 
and then I wrote Faith in Anyone that night. And it's sort of like a synthesizing those two sounds a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Great, great records, both of them. Yeah. So I was curious about some of those early collaborations that you had with Will Toledo from Car Seat Headrest. I know he produced and played a role on your first EP. How'd that creative relationship influence your sound? And what effect do you think you had on his the sonic direction of his music too? And do you still kind of bounce ideas off each other or stuff like that? Yeah. Um, I think the second question is probably e- easier to answer in that I know Will, you know, said that, you know, s- sounds uh, like sort of gold connections, guitar kind of sounds or ideas or like maybe approaches influenced his music like with like teens of um denial and stuff like that like that kind of i mean i didn't (laughs) invent guitar rock but i know he's he said that this was something that he heard and he was like it sort of incorporated that cool and i think something that i definitely was impressed on to me from will is just like his disciplined or basically his hustle like i remember meeting him in college and you know we both had records for sale like our cds for sale and um just kind of watching him do his thing and what he was always very like uh committed or just very like very serious about making it happen and you know obviously i i played guitar in his band for a while and i just like picked up certain sounds and melodies um and just like experience because i hadn't really played like much uh electric guitar before being in that band so that was a really just a formative experience for me awesome very cool and it's interesting that you mentioned you felt like a kinship with bands like pavement and stuff and thinking about the like history of indie rock particularly in virginia where you're from it's cool like whether it's charlottesville or richmond like it's it's funny i feel like people forget that Stephen Malcolmus like went to University of Virginia yeah, and like yeah. met David Berman there and they the three of them were actually in a band with well the two of them were in a band with James McNew from Yola Tango. Right. Are, are, yeah. Do you do you, uh has that history around the two scenes like Charlottesville where you're from played any role in your sound or music or is it something that you're conscious of and think of? Yeah, I'm definitely um conscious of it and uh, yeah, I got into Silver Jews when I was in college, and I knew that um, David Berman was actually born in uh, Williamsburg. So, uh, kind of feeling the you know that sort of almost like a, more of a spiritual connection. Yeah. Um, same can be said of you know Stephen Malcolmus and and Yola Tango. So yeah, I mean they both the Pavement and Yola Tango and Silver Jews have all. Um, been bands that I've spent a lot of time listening to. But yeah, I think it's, I'm definitely conscious, especially of David Berman and, you know, like uh, the Natural Bridge, that album, I was listening to it like on vinyl, like, you know, just looking through the credits and, you know, I saw that the P.O. box for that album was like down the street. Wow, yeah. And and just like, it's definitely more of like a sort of a spiritual feeling, you know? Yeah, it's, and it's it, like a, it's a like it's sort of a tradition that I feel like I'm part of in a you know. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's totally what I was thinking, too. It's cool to know that you're a part of an area that has this kind of history of people doing creative things and creating great music. And then you're kind of continuing that with your own projects and things like that. So that's really cool. Yeah. Last non-ammunition question. It was cool when I was listening to your first record and just going through your catalog, all really great stuff. And your first full length you recorded at uh, Mitch Easter's Fieldatorium Studios. Uh, Were you familiar with his work before you recorded your album there? And what was that experience like? Was that cool for you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely familiar. You know, like R.E.M. is uh, maybe my favorite band. It's like with them, I I feel like they haven't made any of my favorite albums, but they're my favorite band. Yeah. But, you know, but I knew that Mitch's Easter, you know, produced like Murmur and Chronic Town, maybe produced that, and uh, Reckoning. And um, and I guess I kind of like Let's Active and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I was work planning recording with Daniel Guns who produced this album and one of the studios that we were looking at he was like oh yeah this is Mitch Mitch Easter's studio and that was just like a no-brainer um that I wanted to record there and um I mean that was just very uh uh intense is probably not the right word but um uh very heady yeah (laughs) like seeing like in the studio seeing like literally seeing mitch easter's like gold records on the wall (laughs) yeah that had to be amazing i'm sure Um, and i think that made me maybe a little bit nervous but also it was like very cool and like i remember i was recording um the vocals on salt uh i know for bad intentions from popular fiction and i was just like having a lot of trouble with it and i was kind of daniel sent me out into the into the hallway just to kind of like take a break basically and mitch had to come over and like fix the refrigerator <laughs> and it was just like really funny watching like <laughs> fix the fridge and like he would walk his dogs around he had like l- some small dogs that he'd walk around and uh kind of remind me of the lorax <laughs> nice. um, like a lot of him or of the Lo- i'm not gonna gender the lorax but uh <laughs> Yeah, that was my experience. Nice. That sounds like a lot of fun. And it's interesting because this new EP, Ammunition, you did some things differently compared to the last two releases. So I'm just curious how the EP come together. Were these songs that you wrote this year specifically, or is this something you had finished prior to the pandemic? Yeah, I um, recorded them over the course of a few years, and this just seemed like the right the right combination of songs that they all kind of fit together into an EP. And uh, yeah, I recorded this EP in January and I did drums um, at Daniel, my friend Daniel Gones's studio that he built with his wife and um, co-bandmate uh, Lauren. They have a band called Lola and Hum, but they have their own, they built their own studio. So um, I kind of like, this is very. This is like the most DIY thing we've had since yeah. since I guess EP, the, right? the first EP. So yeah. it's kind of like getting back into this sort of approach to making music, which is actually really cool. Um, yeah, I recorded um, drums 
in his like really professional studio in exchange for like a day of gardening. Like I I worked as a gardener for a few years and I just kind of like, we had like a, we bartered for it. Um, And then we took the rest of it to um, the Stray Fossa there in India. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We recorded that at their like house in their attic with Will Evans engineered it and like assistant produced this album. So it's been very like, I don't know, I've sort of tried to bring out a lot of different artists from the Charlottesville area, including, you know, filmmakers and choreographers and, you know, printmakers, um, t-shirt creators um, to kind of shape the aesthetic of this whole release. Very cool. That's that's awesome. And it's cool, the emphasis on community and bringing out other artists to contribute. Why'd you decide to, after doing an EP and an album in more of a, you know, big studio with a different producer on ammunition, you self-produced it. Why'd you decide to go back to kind of just doing something mostly on your own as far as recording it? Well, I mean, there's, there, there's a practical side to that. Uh, we did this on the string shoe budget using these minimal resources in the best way possible. That's one part of it. But, you know, I, I guess I could have gone bankrupt and taken it to like a, a big studio if I, if I really wanted to. But, you know, I mixed Like a Shadow on my own. And you know, th- this new batch of songs are different than the other music. Yeah. Uh, for one thing. So I think they kind of call for a different approach. And, you know, stuff, a song like um, Stick Figures, which is... Yeah, like really digging into like the pavement, like yeah, kind of. I don't know about messy guitars, but like uh, raw, definitely. You know, I mean, yeah, that sound on Slanted and Enchanted, which is my favorite pavement record. You know, that's the definitive sound of pavement. Even though I guess they went on to record more records in different approaches, but I think when most people think of pavement that really think of that record and it, it has that similar guitar sound for sure yeah and i was sort of getting and that's always that's always been something that I, I aspired to in a way like with popular fiction i definitely aspired to more of a classic like 60s rock like we're in a big studio i just yeah. wanted it to sound like amazing in that sense but you know that sort of raw like loose like almost leaving a lot leaving a lot of things up to chance and leaving these textures from like you know the attic to enter the recording is something that i really wanted to go for all the way yeah i if i feel like there's certain things certain like uh certain sounds and like just energies that you can only bring out in a super like diy space yeah absolutely i totally agree i really liked the song you released earlier this year iowa city I was cu- I was curious why you didn't include that on the EP. Um, well, it's actually I got the cassettes um, last week, and I um, I, know, I was just driving around listening to them. But um, it's not a secret anymore. But it's actually on the cassette. Ah, uh, okay, cool. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice. the hidden track. Cool. It's the sixth track. It's the last yeah. track on the yeah. EP. Awesome. Cool. So it's on cassette and, you know, it's on Spotify and, and all that. So nice. Did you initially want to leave it off? You felt like it didn't fit initially or 
Well, I, you know, I, uh, I recorded Iowa City in April after I'd recorded yeah. Ammunition. And I just wanted, it, it. I started out as a demo, but then I was like, actually, I really like how this sounds. And, um, you know, I wanted to put out a song over the summer just to, to give people, some, you know, give some people uh, something to listen to. And so it was already out. And it is just like a different different piece than the EP. But I kind of like having this sort of parallel track of, re- of releases that I'm kind of working on, which is just like singles that I've kind of made at home. Yeah. Like I'm actually working on a song right now that I'm thinking of releasing as a single later this year. Um, and just kind of like opening them up, opening up that, I don't know, this whole new like genre or something. <laughs> Of gold connections music awesome can't wait to hear it you working on any other songs right now um just this one song but uh i mean i'm definitely i've definitely been getting back into voice memos and and i have quite a a good amount of demo things that are already demoed out that i want to record that i just need like i mean at this point the uh hygienic possibilities <laughs> to record an album um you know with covid and everything but you know i'm getting back and you know that can that can definitely like slow me down or kind of get in my head like i have all this music already um but i've been getting into the more just like going for it headspace creatively so yeah i've been right i've been writing it a good amount recently awesome that's super exciting I want to talk about some of the specific songs on the record. The title track, Ammunition, which you described as being about battles and that fight or flight feeling, which even characterizes mundane situations. I'm curious about what some of these specific situations you were thinking about when you wrote that song. You know, I wrote that song over the course of several months. I mean, in a sense, over the course of uh, a relationship and sort of different stages and um so they're you know it's written into it but you know like you know going to the street to buy going to the store to buy jewel pods or um you know pulling off of the highway because i had like a a nail in my tire and my car is like breaking down um so these are like mundane situations that are also sort of charged with i mean um angst (laughs) And um, this feeling of like urgency that is sort of, I guess, drawn out or more dramatized more in the chorus. And yeah, it's just like more of an intangible feeling that I think, I think you know what I'm talking about, where, um, you know, people just these days, people just feel like, you know, really nervous and like on edge and, and like, you know, everything is, you know, all our actions feel like they're tied into like this global sort of breakdown. Yeah, totally. I I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. And you you alluded to stick figures earlier, which has that great like classic pavement indie rock sound. And I really like the lyrics again because they really confront like real like coming of age issues that I think a lot of people deal with in their twenties and even early thirties of like moving on from what they envisioned their youth was like. And I was just kind of 
curious of what some of the experiences that you had that informed the the themes of that song. Well, I mean, I wrote that song when I was living in my parents' basement um, the second time, I guess, because, <laughs> yeah, I lived with them after college and then kind of moved to Richmond and then moved back in with them in Charlottesville so that I could tour and like not pay rent. Yeah. So like that was really, I, I actually wrote that song in 20, fall of 2017. Um, and just feeling like, I mean, just feeling bad, feeling like still, still really hung up on college and like this sort of magical feeling, um, that I think is a big part, was a big part of my experience in college and this sort of like sense of like community and creativity and like (laughs) eroticism comes to mind. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't especially erotic for me, but like. Um, I don't know. I was very like charged with uh, very uh, stimulating times, I guess. And then kind of dealing with that lack of those feelings a few years later and just trying to kind of make, make sense of it and kind of figure out, figure out what to do next. Yeah, totally. Bleed is a fucking kick-ass song. I really, really like it. Definitely the most powerful and in-your-face track on the record. What was it like to write and record that track? And I also really like the sequencing of that track. I feel like it comes right in the middle. So it kind of, the EP kind of builds up and then kind of settles back down again after Bleed. So were you going with that, with the sequencing of the EP at all? Yeah. I mean, thank you for saying that. Yeah, I wanted to yeah have it sort of climax in that third song a little bit, like, yeah, I, this this is an album that I yeah wanted to get you kind of keyed up, you know, and I think the first few songs get you moving, and then the third one just like takes it even further. And I just w- I want that to be a really intense aesthetic experience for people. And then you know the sort of uh, B side keeps it moving and kind of goes in different directions um, and different sort of like moods and and textures and stuff. Uh, yeah, I definitely. And the type of person who's really into making like, you know, playlists. And so it's, I mean, it's kind of the dream to like uh, do the tracking for your own music too. Yeah. <laughs> so I spent, you know, I spent some time doing that. Cool. Awesome. And before we get into playing some songs from the EP, prior to the pandemic, we were talking about history of music scene in Richmond and Charlottesville. I'm curious, what would you say is the current state of the music scene in Charlottesville prior to the pandemic? Because obviously no one's really playing gigs and stuff like that right now. Um, I mean, like, uh, I don't know, same as it ever was. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. um, pretty, pretty small scene. Like, you know, you can go to shows... Uh, you know, at like the Southern, which is sort of like a small club. It's like, it. that's like the, that's where, that's where we would play, like Old Connections would play. Um, like maybe 150 cap or something like that. But that's where like most of the indie bands will, when they come through, that's where they will play. Um, but then they're, you know, their house show venues like Magnolia House, which you you might know about. I think they're they're pretty like well-established like you know diy venue in sort of the house house show circuit um but 
I think it's my understanding of the Charlottesville scene is it's very like uh, kind of diverse and kind of split up. Like I think there's like there's like an indie rock scene and like you know Stray Fossa and like Gold Connections like um, we're like we're one of the few indie rock bands from Charlottesville. Yeah. There are I mean there are others that are like um, like Orange Folder, but. There's that, and then there's like a hometown or like old timey music, and like uh, you know jam bands and and jazz, and there are all these different scenes. Um, but then like the big shows will be like, I guess when Wilco or somebody will come and play at this like arena, or when like Taylor Swift will play at like the the basketball stadium where they also have like like truck. Um, uh, re- truck rallies monster truck rallies <laughs> <Yeah>. sometimes <laughs> um but yeah it's pretty uh i guess right now it's pretty quiet like i actually moved to richmond um a few months ago because it just felt like i mean i have there are a lot of people in charlottesville that i love but there was just like nothing no, there's like nothing left there for me it felt yeah um, especially with the pandemic, like I just didn't, I didn't go anywhere. Like I didn't know what to do anymore. Yeah. So, so I moved to Richmond where I have, you know, more friends and. Yeah, there's there's know. a bunch of cool bands in Richmond. I I like a Young Scum. I'm familiar. I know them. They're good. Oh yeah. Big Baby. Nice. I think I think they're like yeah. connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're both cool bands. Yeah, Richmond has a cool scene. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. No, Richmond's cool. Um, but yeah, it's still very few shows happening. I guess you know people yeah. will play out. Some people play outside, but I, I don't really go to shows. Hopefully, that'll change soon. Fingers crossed. All right. So, without further ado, we're gonna play some tracks from the new EP "Ammunition" by my guest Gold Connections. You can get this on limited edition cassette via gold-connections.bandcamp.com also available of course on all streaming platforms we're going to hear the first four tracks on the ep the title track ammunition followed by stick figures bleed and fortune and then we'll be back what to this store Let's go. 
right, we're back. We heard the first four songs from Gold Connection's brand new EP, Ammunition. We heard the title track, Ammunition, to kick off that set, followed by Stick Figures, Bleed, and Fortune. Again, everyone, get this awesome EP on limited edition cassette. You can get it at Gold dash connections.bandcamp.com of course also available on all streaming platforms and now we'll pick some records from my record collection we're gonna talk about them and play them will what's your first selection so the first one i'd like to play is mercury girl by cleaners from venus which is on Great victoria gray song yeah yeah a great great song we are super thankful that captured tracks reissued all of these releases otherwise i don't think i really would have ever known about them it was like really cool that they found him and did that and they actually just put out a documentary about him martin newell and oh sweet they were saying, I didn't watch it yet, but I think in the trailer they were talking about how he didn't really want to like reissue the stuff. And I was like, what if that happened? I probably wouldn't know about this stuff. Yeah. 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 I, I certainly wouldn't have this out. I actually have this on final two, which I got through Captured Tracks. And I knew about Cleaners from Venus from college radio, like uh, Midnight Cleaners. I knew that album, but I didn't really realize the, the extent. I don't know, to which he he was such like a pop, you know, cassette pop icon and so prolific and talented. And yeah, this summer kind of getting into like his greater discography has, has been exciting. And yeah, I, I guess I'm thankful for Captured Tracks uh, for, for making that happen. They could also, you know, sign Gold Connections if they're listening, but... Yeah, Mike Sniper, if you're listening. What <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what I what I always thought was interesting about Martin Newell was he hated touring, which I think is probably why he was kind of remained really obscure throughout his career, except for people that were really into finding out about his tapes and stuff. He's very into being around his surroundings to inspire him or something. He had some like really yeah. anti-touring attitude or something. Yeah. So like the opposite of Bob Different. Pollard, who I feel like is yeah. just as prolific or probably more prolific, but whatever. Yeah. And I guess, I yeah, I think of him and you know, I guess David Berman didn't really tour. He toured yeah. like a few times, but he didn't tour for a long time and... I kind of think about that sometimes, like how do you, how do you do it? Like I guess Drag City released his music, and like some people were listening, and it, he kind of managed to have some success without touring at all for a while. Yeah, but it's 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 good, amazing. Good for him. Yeah, I, mean, I totally agree. Really miss David Berman. He comes up a lot on this podcast. And so it's like a huge testament to how many people have been influenced by him and how many people love his body of work. He's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that the cleaner, the cleaners from Venus guy, it sounds like he was into some uh, sort of esoteric. I just get the feeling that he's sort of an esoteric, like magic oriented guy. Yeah. So maybe that had something to do with him not touring. I don't know. 
Very well could be. Alright. Second selection. Um uh, Up on the Sun by Meat Puppets. Nice. Which from Up on the Sun. Yeah. Um I got into to them in that album like last November. Like you know, I I like knew about the Meat Puppets because of the Nirvana live album. But I just thought I feel like I got Meat Puppets confused with um do who does that song that's like who who does the song that's like mm-hmm, Oh Crash Test Dummies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just thought I got that mixed up. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um but then I listened to that album and I was like it's one of those bands where I was like, dang, like, um, this is kind of what I want to, this is how I, I like to sound. Um, and this is what I like to groove to. And I guess they're making this in the, in the 80s, which is maybe even cooler. Oh, yeah, totally. Really interesting, weird experimental band. I love them. Really cool. All right. After Meat Puppets. Um... I'm thinking uh, Classic Rock and Spring by Kurt Vile from Constant Hitmaker. Because um, I was pretty excited to see that you have, have that because, yeah, I have that, that record as well. And I don't know if it's still in print or anything. But, yeah, one of his, like, more early, early sort of, like, more lo-fi, lo-fi days. I, I was... Uh, Kurt Vile is one of my, probably one of my biggest influences, uh, especially in college, and like really getting into that album. Yeah, his lo-fi early, early stuff is pretty cool, and how he evolved after that as well. He's a great songwriter. Yeah. All right, after KV. Um, I'm thinking uh, always the uh, Marry Me Archie, that one. Awesome song. That's my favorite record of the 2010s. The always self-titled debut. So oh, cool. Great selection. You like hit double jeopardy yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of selected that one because um, uh, my girlfriend made me a mixtape for my birthday, um, which is in January. And, um, you know, I was recording the CP around that time and so i was listening to this mixtape like in my car like on the way to record and this song was like you know i just like listened i mean like SZA and like stuff like that was on there too and all that music kind of got me ready to record every day and yeah it's just like i wanted to to bring some of that out for this this mix awesome yeah great band Great record, great song. And last pick, what do you got? Um, that's when I reach for my revolver by Mission to Burma. Hell yeah. yeah. Such a fucking kick-ass yeah, song. Yeah, talking about guns on this podcast. Guns. <laughs> it's like guns. Because um, I actually, I listen, I heard that song like, when I was on, when I was touring for the first time, I'd already written ammunition, but I was like, that's, I think it's, I mean, it's similar to ammunition. That's kind of why I selected it, but it's a great song. Yeah. This is such a shot in the arm. This song It just like starts out really (laughs) like 
you know, creeping sort of, and then just boom, just in your face, the choruses. Yeah. And did you, you know the story behind that song? No, please tell me. Or like the premise of it? Appar- apparently it's about Hitler. He's like about Hitler in the bunker oh, situation. Wow. <laughs> like that's when I reach for my revolver. That's intense. And it's sort of I about, you know, know like, yeah, like him, him in the bunker and, you know, the, the Soviets are taking over Berlin. And that's, that's what I heard this, this song is sort of referencing, which I think is, is interesting. Interesting. At least that's an interesting sort of inspiration for a song. Yeah, uh, I did not know that. I feel like I don't feel like I don't need to say this, but you know, do not condone Hitler whatsoever. Yeah, no, we um, definitely don't. We hate him. We don't. Bad person in the history of. But the mission. World. Yeah, mission, mission of, Burma of Burma. We love. Yeah, is opposes. Yeah, we like them, and yeah, they oppose fascism. Yeah, so. that's a solid stance from that. Yeah. <laughs> They recently broke up, which was disappointing. They haven't played a gig in a couple of years, but they officially announced that they broke up like a couple months ago. I think everyone kind of knew they were done, but... Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at them today and I saw they had way more music than than I thought they did. Is there... Do you recommend anything by them beyond like the mission of Burma? So the... Were those two albums that they put out? The Obliteri is a really good album from their second era. There's some really good songs on that record. All of their second era, because they broke up, I think they broke up in the early 80s and then reformed in, I think, 2005. And they had like a 10-year run as their second era. And they put out like four records. And they're all pretty good, but I think the Obliteri is my favorite. And the 2004 one... On Off On is really good, too. Okay. All right. Well, you did an excellent job picking records from my record collection, and now we're going to play them, starting with Mercury Girl by The Cleaners from Venus, Up on the Sun by The Meat Puppets, Classic Rock in Spring by Kurt Vile, Marry Me Archie by Always, and That's When I Reach for My Revolver by Mission of Burma. We'll be back. Career 
and staying on, you're getting old. You find yourself much better off, feeling a bit less soft or even put coughing up along and then some. Yeah, you know I got your battery recharger right here.
Five awesome records from my record collection. We played them. We had fun listening to them and talking about them. We heard Mercury Girl by the Cleaners from Venus, Up on the Sun by the Meat Puppets, Classic Rock in Spring by Kurt Vile, Marry Me Archie by Always, and 
That's when I reach for my revolver by Boston, Massachusetts' own mission of Burma. All right. So, Will, thank you so much for being on Look at My Records today, everyone. The new Gold Connections EP is out now. It's called Ammunitions. You can get it on cassette via Gold Dash. Don't forget that dash, people. Connections.bandcamp.com. And there's also cool t-shirts, limited edition silver and white cassette. Everybody get your hands on it. I'm about to order it. Can't wait till mine comes. And we're going to end the show with one more song from the EP. Slow Diving. Tell me a little bit about that track before we play it. Um, I wrote that song in a windowless room in like a friend's apartment in New York in the like the middle of the summer, and it was, it was really really hot when I wrote that song. Nice. Tends to get really really hot in apartments in New York in the summer. The summers have been brutal yeah. the last few years. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. And any other plans for the rest of the year or early next year? You said you were working on a new song. Any anticipated releases after this EP? Or Yeah, I just need to um, figure out how we're going to record our next EP. Um, I kind of have like a, another, another like sort of five-track um, EP planned. But yeah, I just need to need to get the logistics together um but yeah i think i gotta gotta have more music coming out 2021 awesome we can't wait everyone again gold slash gold dash connections.bandcamp.com also available on all streaming platforms check out gold connections on facebook and instagram as well will Thank you so much for speaking with me today. It was really great chatting with you. Thank you for having me on here and great talking with you. And thank you, uh, listener, for for listening. Listener. <laughs> thank you. Enjoy the last track on Ammunition, Slow Diving.
shopping mall Serving all the needs for a tramp like me But then you close it down Bitter the sound of your morning song Singing joke up so long You gotta prove it some 